I want to talk to you a little bit about sweat block. Sweat block is for men. Yeah, that's why when I called Tom Brady, I said, hey, Tom, how you keeping, you know, the sweat down when you're with, uh, you know, the hot babe? And uh, he said, sweat block. And I said, what about on the gridiron? He said, sweat block. So that's why men like Tom Brady and me, completely made up story, use (laughs) sweat block. Don't call him for details. He's going to pretend we don't know each other and he's never heard of sweat block. It's a great deodorant. It really, really works. Uh, it, It blocks man sweat. But ladies like it too. And if you really have a problem, try sweat block the antiperspirant wipes. These are like nuclear weapons against sweating. Honest to God, nuclear. You apply it once every seven days. Okay? It's a nuclear weapon for sweat. Uh, try the deodorant stick or the wipes. You can do it now. Call them. Get sweatblock, sweatblock.com. Use the promo code uh, Beck and you'll save 20%. You can also find sweatblock on Amazon. the Twitters, of course, to be found on the information superhighway, Alex Epstein writes, President Biden is a fascist in the literal sense of the term. He believes in pseudo private property that government has an unlimited right to control. Case in point, he wants to dictate the exact relationship between crude and gas prices, which he is totally ignorant about. (laughs) Oh, I wish he were wrong, but instead, he's on the program in 60 seconds. Okay, there are really a lot of good real estate agents that you can find, and there are a lot of crappy ones. But when you're selling your house, uh, don't, you know, don't don't take the real estate agent that's like, yeah, my son just started real estate. He's great. No, it's great. He's doing part-time right now. No, no, no. I want an expert. I want somebody who really knows what my house is worth, knows how to negotiate, has the best track record of selling homes in my area, knows the players. I want somebody who has a list of people when they come in and go, yeah, you know, you're really going to have to fix that. Okay, do you know somebody that can fix it quickly? Because, uh... Everybody I know is like, eh, you know, supply line, you know, supply chain's breaking down. Re- supply chain? Really? All they have to do is come over and just hook that back up. Eh, supply chain. I need somebody with a huge Rolodex as well. Somebody who is going to get the job done right. So you save the most amount of money when you're buying a house and you get the most amount of money when you're selling a house. 
those are the real estate agents that we're going to turn you on to. It is a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Do your own homework. Meet these people. You'll see the difference. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Alex Epstein. Oh, my gosh. President Biden is a fascist. Oh, how can you possibly say that, Alex? <laughs> well, so thank you for picking my most controversial and most <laughs> literally true quote. Yes, it uh, is. In a long time. Yeah, it is truth. By the way, let me introduce you. Uh, this is Alex Epstein. He, or Epstein, he is the founder and CEO. You got it right the first time. It's Did Epstein, I? Actually. Epstein, sorry. It doesn't really matter. But... Uh, Alex Epstein, founder and CEO, Center for Industrial Progress, author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. And uh, it is a great, great book. Uh, all right, Alex, how could that possibly be true? It's weird that the term fascism isn't used except to insult kind of pro-freedom people. Yes. But fascism has a literal meaning, which I indicated in that tweet, which is it's, it's essentially the same thing as socialism, which is total government ownership and control of everything. But under fascism, there's this phony ownership. So you have title to property. But the government has unlimited ability to control your exercise of that property. Mm. And in some ways, it's worse than socialism, because I, Ayn Rand roughly put it as, you know, it gives you the responsibility of ownership yep. without the benefits. Yep. It almost sounds like the Great Reset, but I digress. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, yeah. Well, it is. But but I think it's important. And I'm glad you're highlighting the Great Reset, which is actually the Great Regress. Mm-hmm. But the Great Regress is global fascism in particular. So it's not saying it's become out of fashion to say, okay, well, we all us smart people are going to literally own everything and control it. They're like, no, you can own it, but we have unlimited control, including we get to control every molecule of CO2, which basically means every body and every machine in the society. So I think it's really important to identify fascism as a thing and for its negative associations to remain with it. And I think it's why it upsets people so much when I do it, because they don't want those associations, but those associations are very deserved. So there's some disturbing things uh, like yesterday coming out from um, Larry Fink, the uh, head of BlackRock, which is one of the leaders of this fascistic movement. I mean, in case you don't know, he just said the actions taken by the private sector in Ukraine and Russia demonstrate the power of capital markets, how the markets can provide capital to those who have constructively worked within the system and how quickly they can deny it to those who operate outside of it. Holy mother, that sounds terrifying. That's everything we said was coming. That is fascism. And you and what's happening is uh, President Biden is saying we're going to do everything we can to get these oil prices down. No, he's not. He's doing exactly the opposite, exactly the opposite. And he's doing it through these corporations in a public private partnership on ESG to not provide any of the financing for these companies to actually build the infrastructure or reopen the infrastructure to get things flowing again. So you raise a lot of issues, and I think all of those issues uh, come together in what just occurred a few days ago, which is the SEC announcing new what they call climate-related disclosure rules. This this is in the context where 
we have rising oil prices, rising gasoline prices, There's fu- and lowering security, particularly in Europe, but also concerns in the U.S., and there's a recognition that we need more domestic fossil fuel production, and maybe that those who have been opposing domestic fossil fuel production over the years are villains in this case. And the Biden administration, that's kind of an obvious thing, but the Biden administration is trying to stretch all logic and say, no, in fact, we have done nothing to oppose uh, domestic fossil fuel production, even though I've been doing this for the last 20 years, including as part of Obama. And even though I literally ran on, I guarantee you, we will end fossil fuel. So they're trying to stretch this so much, but they can't help themselves because at the same time, they just propose these rules, which literally say that, which in effect mean, I should say, that every company under a certain jurisdiction has to acknowledge climate catastrophisms. You have to say our CO2 emissions are not just causing warming, but literally global catastrophe. And you have to adopt practices that the government deems good. And they specify particular things like renewable energy, which really means unreliable solar wind. So if that's not fascism, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's even worse than regular fascism because it's green fascism, which means green is the idea that human impact is bad. So it's, which is an anti-human idea. So it's mm-hmm. anti-industrial fascism. So the worst of all worlds, government control, but it's not even trying to make industry effective. It's trying to make industry green, which ultimately means just we don't do anything. So here's here's one thing that because I'd like you to make the moral case. Um, but here's here's something that most people don't know. When Trump got into office, Rick Perry was our secretary of energy and he went over to Poland and uh, Poland is uh, somebody that was completely dependent on Russia uh, for their gas. And Rick said, well, how much gas do you guys need? And he told him uh, the president of Poland told him and he's like, I think we can get that from just Texas alone. Hey, don't worry about your gas problem. We were shipping so much natural gas over to Poland that they were actually selling part of it because they had enough for themselves. They were selling part of it to Ukraine. That took everybody out of the Russia pipeline. And Biden comes in. That's over. We're not sending it now. That's insanity. Well, so there's just this basic fact, which is that the U.S. has virtually limitless quantities of fossil fuel that we can produce domestically and abroad. So and and this is true of the world in general. So when you see price spikes and supply not meeting demand, you can be sure that's a political phenomenon, not a physical phenomenon or some like lack of skill or something like that. And the the natural gas case that you raise is a very instructive example. Recently on my, my podcast, Power Hour, I had Toby Rice, who's the CEO of EQT, which is the nation's largest natural gas producer. And he said, you know, we could be producing a third more natural gas if we had the pipeline infrastructure and the export infrastructure. Well, who's been opposing pipelines and exports for 20 years? Mm -hmm. Joe Biden and in general, the anti-fossil fuel left. So the idea that they've done nothing to restrict production is just an insult to our intelligence. Yeah. Um, So talk to me about, I mean, because when people say we got to get off fossil fuels, getting off of fossil fuels, even if we were building all kinds of nuclear reactors, we must have fossil fuels because almost everything in our lives has petrochemicals attached to it. Correct? That's true, but it's it's a relatively small fraction of fossil fuels, and it's particularly oil and natural gas, although you can do that stuff with coal. So you're right that 
the general idea of keep it in the ground, one major reason it's just totally ignorant and destructive is because we have all these life-enhancing synthetic materials. So if you want to keep it in the ground, that means the artificial hearts are never going to exist. That means, you know, refrigerators are not going to exist. Modern sanitation is not going to exist. So it's, it's, what it really shows is the just fundamental irresponsibility of the anti-fossil fuel movement. But it's not just the petrochemicals. The main thing is, is the energy, because fossil yeah. fuels still are a uniquely cost-effective source of energy, which means they provide low-cost, reliable energy for all types of machines, including heavy-duty industry and transportation, things that nothing else does right now. And they do it on a scale of billions of people in thousands of places. And this is a world that is dramatically underpowered. We still have 3 billion people using less electricity than a typical American refrigerator. And that's why I say I have a new book coming out in two months called Fossil Future. And it is a fossil future. And we need to embrace that because the world needs more energy. Fossil fuels are uniquely good. We should be liberating nuclear, what I call decriminalizing nuclear. That's a key thing. But for for human beings to flourish for decades and generations to come, we need to be doubling down on fossil fuels. So right now, it looks like the the new axis power, if it's cobbled together, um, would include much of Asia, China, of course, um, and uh, India, maybe even Saudi Arabia and uh, uh, Russia. They're all going to double down on fossil fuels, which makes our fight for climate ridiculous because you can't do half of the world. Um, (laughs) But that's what we're going to do. What happens to the West if we continue to go down this road with a great reset and choking to death all of our fossil fuels? What, What does that mean for us? I'm glad you're highlighting this in Fossil Future. I, I use the term unilateral disempowerment to discuss this because we're, we're unilaterally saying, yeah, we're not going to be empowered by fossil fuels, but we're one sixth of the world's emissions and declining. So what happens is one sixth. Go ahead. And declining. Yeah. And so if you look at it, it's really terrifying. I mean, we're just getting a memory now of the 70s, which I was not alive and I was born in 1980, but I know the history People have had no idea until recently what an energy crisis is like and what you will do in an energy crisis. But what you see with Europe is, look how cowardly they are in the face of Russia. They won't do anything. Why? Because Russia can literally kill them by cutting off their energy supply because they were so irresponsible and made themselves super dependent on Russia. This is just the beginning, though. There can be far more control so there's the ability to cut off people's energy, yep. but then there's also just the ability to have far more resources for an economy and, and to wage war. A, a brilliant point, Palmer Lucky, who's the creator of Oculus, but also created the, the new defense company, Andrel, like a, one of the few tech guys who's really pro-American, he made the point that, you know, you succeed in wars with a massive domestic production ability that you can sustain. Yep. How does ours compare to China right now? And what's going to happen if we keep mandating unreliable solar and wind? And then they keep using 60 plus percent coal for their electricity, including to make our unreliable solar Correct. panels and wind turbines. We're, we're going to be we'll be France at best France without nuclear power. Let me ask you this. Um, we keep talking about, you know, well, gas is so expensive. You just buy an electric car. The electricity coming from the outlet is not a magic box. Most of it is made by coal. Some of it is made by uh, fossil fuels. Some of it is made by um, uh, by nuclear. But you cannot cut off the uh, fossil fuels in our power plants. 
how fast what does it look like what percentage has to be plugging their cars in before we we without changing anything have an energy crisis because of electricity yeah, that's a that's a great thing to raise. You know, the Babylon Bee, I, I live in California still, and the Babylon Bee had this great headline when Newsom, he, Newsom is just such a piece of work, because, you know, by 2035, he said, we're outlawing uh, uh, gasoline cars. And they had this great ha- headline, you know, governor outlaws, uh, like, uh, you know, gasoline cars or mandates electric cars in a state without electricity. Right. And that is the essential logic of what we're talking about. We're going to say we're going to use all of these battery cars. And yet we're undercutting our ability to produce electricity. And we're seeing, you know, even more than the canary in the coal mine with what's happened in California, with what's happened in Texas. Just the fundamental thing that's happening is people are mandating unreliable solar and wind and they are divesting from reliable power plants. And in particular, they are not investing in resiliency measures. That's a lot of what happened in Texas where you don't weatherize things. So while Alberta was did great with worse temperatures during the week of the Texas crisis. Uh, Texas had a disaster because it's it spent you know seventy billion dollars on solar and wind and the related infrastructure. So it's it's a disaster to depend on elect like the more you have electric vehicles, you have to have an amazingly robust grid. And yet we're mandating these vehicles and worsening the grid, which okay. just gives the government total control. And can lead to total catastrophe. All right, I want to I want I want to spend one more minute with you and talk to you about nuclear power, uh, and sure. we'll do that when we come back. First, Car Shield. There is, wow, there's nothing better than sitting in wall to wall traffic on your way to work and looking down at the dash and seeing the check engine light pop on. Oh man! And didn't the warranty just run out? It's almost as if there's a car conspiracy. What you need is Car Shield. Plans through CarShield include coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, trip reimbursement, all at no extra cost. And CarShield has helped literally millions of drivers. They're America's number one car protection company. So please, do yourself a favor. Get coverage today. If your warranty is out, I'm telling you, there is something affordable that you can... So you're not surprised. The worst thing that can happen to you when you're financially just really living paycheck to paycheck is to have a surprise and a car surprise is never a good surprise car shield carshield.com slash back call them at 800-391-8888 you can save 10 percent on your plan and lock in your pricing forever forever carshield.com slash back 800-391-8888 save 10 percent right now deductible may apply 10 seconds station id So, Alex, let's talk a little bit about nuclear power plants. Is it true that um, Europe is thinking about actually coming back into line with nuclear power? I've heard talk that they're thinking about passing a bill saying that um, that cannot be included in ESG. So it's true that there's the totally insane position that we care about CO2 emissions and yet we're against the best way of producing them, namely nuclear energy. That is finally getting attacked, which is nice. You're seeing that in Europe. You're seeing that in the U.S. The problem is, is that the anti-nuclear movement has spent the last 40 years essentially criminalizing nuclear to the point where, say, in the U.S., 
the price has gone up by a factor of 10, even though nuclear is has proven safer than people thought. And even though we have far more knowledge now and the raw material prices haven't gone up. So how does something become 10 times more expensive adjusted for inflation? Because the government has made it impossible. And, and I'm, I'm working actively with some people in Congress, and if anyone else wants to join, on a decriminalizing nuclear platform. Yes. What we've seen mostly so far, though, is welfare handouts and quote-unquote research, but that's not what's needed primarily. We need to liberate nuclear so you can have actual innovation and a free market. And without that, it's just going to be all these boondoggles, so, uh, which, you know, in the U.S., we have all these nuclear boondoggles, but nothing has gotten fully approved and conceived, conceived and approved since the Nuclear Regulatory Commission got created in 1975. I heard that there are these new nuclear plants that are being tested that are small, uh, that can't really go into a meltdown at all. They're all self-contained and small. Uh, do you know anything about this next generation of yeah. nuclear power? I, I do. And so it's they're, they're often called SMRs, small modular reactors. The thing is, if you look at the timetable on these things, it's very emblematic of what happens to nuclear. They keep getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And mm. they're, it's a great thing to pursue. But as long as the criminalizing uh, continues, any new nuclear technology is going to be demonized and criminalized. Even nuclear reactors can very rarely melt down in certain circumstances, but that doesn't kill people. That's still better than the safest of any other energy technologies, certainly way safer than hydro or fossil fuels or even solar and wind. So we shouldn't demonize, as long as people believe existing nuclear is bad and they treat it as a criminal enterprise, we're not going to have any new nuclear. So the main thing that has to happen is political reform, not just, oh, let's do something new, because the new thing will be treated in the exact same wrong way as the old thing. Alex, I appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. And if there's anything you need to, to do to help uh, uh, legalize something that is totally legal um, uh, with nuclear energy, count me in as a supporter. I, I think nuclear energy always has been and is the rational person's uh, future and energy solution. Thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. You Great bet. To talk to you. Bye-bye. Uh, Alex Epstein. Uh, Epstein. Eps- I, how do you know the difference? I'll, you ask him, and he tells I you. Know, in and then the I can't the remember, and then, and then I freak it. out which one it, it is. Stein. Alex Epstein, founder and CEO of Center for Industrial Progress, but also the author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, a must read. The Glenn Back Program. All right, so you're heading into the weekend. You're probably excited about it. Because you can snack whenever you want, whatever you want, without your wife constantly behind you saying, how many candy bars does that make today? The whole pizza is not just for you. Oh, yeah. No, my wife is never saying like that to me, of course, because I am into protein bars. (laughs) I'm into built bars, built bars. Have you tried their puffs yet? Oh, they're delicious. They are flavored marshmallow. I love the chocolate banana. It is unbelievable marshmallows that taste like bananas all wrapped in delicious chocolate a hundred percent real chocolate how can these be good for you i have no idea i'm not asking any questions i know they're low calorie high in protein uh good for you uh and you you could tend to eat too many of them uh, i mean you, you wouldn't have any experience i wouldn't have any experience built.com built.com use the promo code beck 15 save 15 percent 
Beck15 at Built.com. Really good for you and delicious. A new subscriber only, Glenn TV today, Studios America, Pat Gray, and so much more at blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Joe Biden said something pretty incredible yesterday. Um, he uh, came out and started explaining, what do you mean that uh, the American people need to uh, understand that this will come at great cost? Remember he said that when he first announced the sanctions? Well, here he is on food shortages yesterday. With regard to food shortage, yes, we did re- re- talk about food shortages. And, uh, and it's going to be real. The, the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. Mm, okay. Food shortages. When the president, like Biden, says something that is not good for his approval rating, uh, when he says these things are going to happen, uh, I would uh, I would suspect they're going to be much worse. You know, he was like, yeah, we, yeah, we have some inflation, but it's, you know, temporary, transitory. <laughs> nope. So he is warning about food shortages now, and there's going to be an answer for all of these things. And one of them is um, uh, control of you what you buy what you don't rationing i would imagine is going to be part of things in the future uh at least gasoline i'm sure um here's the blackrock ceo uh blackrock is this is the biggest investment group in the world uh larry fink is the ceo he's probably the most powerful man in the world and he knows it here's what he said uh at a new york times conference listen well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Okay, so we're forcing behaviors. This is called ESG. Please get the book, The Great Reset. My book is out, and you can get it in hardbound copy right now while paper lasts. Um, these actions um, uh, taken by the private sector demonstrate the power of the capital markets now that is larry fink yesterday in what he uh, wrote very arrogant uh, what he wrote to investors now they take companies over they just buy them and they buy enough to be able to take the um uh, to take the board over they put three environmentalists at exxon on the board And they just force them to do things. And if they can't force them, the banks will or the government will or the insurance companies will because they control so much of everything. And uh, this is all built on fear and intimidation. As he says at BlackRock, we're we're forcing you to do things. Okay, listen what he said about Russia. These actions taken by the private sector demonstrate the power of capital markets how the markets can provide capital to those who constructively work within the system and how quickly they can deny it to those who operate outside of it. 
Now, if that doesn't send a chill down your spine, you better check because you may be dead. If you don't think that they would do it to uh, a country with nuclear weapons and they wouldn't for some reason do it to your store, your business, your life, you don't have any nuclear weapons. They can silence you online. You'll never be heard from. You will comply or will use your access to capital to crush you. There are some states that are standing against this now, and it is vital that you call your governors and your state reps and your state senators and you have them pass anti ESG legislation. I want to I want to talk to you um, about West Virginia, West Virginia. The legislature has passed S-262, so it's gone through the Senate and the House. It prohibits financial institutions, banks, uh, anybody who's financial services, from doing business with the state of Virginia if they're engaged in any kind of a boycott of energy companies. This is really important. I wish it was broader. I wish it included the S and the G, but at least... You can stop this nonsense of people like BlackRock saying, no, we, you know what, you're, a, you're risky, you're in petrochemicals, you're in, in you know, fossil fuels, and I just don't think we can take that risk, so no bank will give you a loan. That's what's happening. Now, we've had Riley Moore, he's the treasurer, love this guy. He has championed this legislation, been sounding the alarm of the urgent need for states to stand together and address ESG. The good news is, is that West Virginia Governor Jim Justice has indicated he's going to sign the legislation. Um, it has a deadline of March 30th, which is what day? What, what day is it today? 25th. 25th. Okay, so 25th, yeah. early next week. He could sign it as early as today. I would like you to give him positive reinforcement and thank him for doing the right thing in his state and for the people of West Virginia and quite honestly, the rest of the nation, because we require energy and West Virginia provides a lot of coal. So Jim Justice is his name. If you're in West Virginia, you know, call the Capitol, call uh, his office uh, don't send an email. Just call his office and thank him for signing the anti-ESG bill. Thank him in advance because I, I know he's going to do the right thing. So call his office and thank him. Uh, his name again is Jim Justice, the West Virginia governor. You highlighting here the the legislative pushback, I guess, against ESG uh, scores. Is part of this, though, too, in addition to what you're talking about, people who are on your side of this mm -hmm. people who understand this from a conservative perspective or a constitutional perspective free market free market perspective. Perspective, that are in positions of power not only just because they're maybe very wealthy and could fund an effort that would push back against this but also people who work or maybe run banks that can say hey we see what's going on with the esg scores Come to us, and we're going to deal with you like a business. Mm -hmm. Is there a, a role for people like that to step up and say, we see what's going on, and we're going to help, and would garner loyalty, I think, from a lot of people in this audience who would rather do so business with people like there that? There are banks that are working on this, uh, and I'm not prepared to say 
you know what they are um, because they're in the midst of cobbling together some things uh, to stand against it because they see this as a, a free market thing. Um, however, uh, you got to deal with the Fed, who is also in on ESG. Mm. They get their loans from the Fed. So the, the the problem with ESG is it's captured almost everything. So you have to choke it off with the investment money. If everybody said, I'm not dealing with uh, BlackRock, and you think you don't, but if you have a 401k or any kind of investment, I can guarantee you your money is with BlackRock. Some way or another, you are helping BlackRock. You need to go to your corporate uh you know um hr and say hey i i want to see are we invested in blackrock and get your money out of blackrock you need to start choking the money off of of people like blackrock or any of these big banks they will respond to that that's why it is so vital that these states say we're not doing business with any company or and that would include blackrock that's a company that is choking off our fossil fuels. We're not, we're not taking all of our retirement funds. We're not doing any kind of business with state funds with you. That will make the biggest impact. Is there a role for crypto in this as well? And is this why people like Elizabeth Warren, for example, seem to be so against it? Yeah, because you once the Fed has the Fed coin, then you're trapped. Then you're in the situation that McDonald's was in in Russia. Oh, I, I guess I'm going to leave all my but stuff. Reputational in. risk. Was that the phrase? Reputational mm. risk. That's that's when you know a company is being pressured um, by ESG. Reputational risk. Well, you'll have the same thing because companies will say to you, oh, I can't really do that um, because you could be a real liability for me and you can't take your money and buy things. There's a story today. Um, this is from, I think, Sweden. Uh, Duconomy. Duconomy is has a new card out. Now, this is I don't have a problem with this because this, this is your personal choice at this point. But this is the way digital currency will work. The do black. Um, and what it is, is it tracks. Th this is your credit card and it tracks your carbon footprint as you spend. And then it puts a hard limit on your footprint for the year. So your card stops working after you've reached your carbon footprint. That's the kind of thing that a programmable digital dollar can and will do, especially if you have people like Larry Fink and, and, and Klaus Schwab and all of the people that believe in the Great Reset, or more importantly, uh, modern monetary theory, which is what our government is working on now. Print as much money as you need or want. You don't even have to worry about people loaning you the money. It, you're good for it. Uh, as long as you can control spending at the individual level they have to be able to control what you buy where you buy and to control in public private partnerships all of the industry uh, industry and and labor that's vital that's the second half of modern monetary theory which we are operating on 
right now. By the way, there's a couple of other things I want to just quickly mention. Um, there's a story out now. Poor countries that are reliant on fossil fuel revenues need more time to end production and financial support to do so. Okay, so poor countries, they're going to need rich countries. Whenever you hear rich countries, just think of the United States of America, rich companies, uh, countries to support them because they rely on fossil fuels. Rich companies uh, countries must end all oil and gas production by 2034 to keep the world on track for a 1.5 degree Celsius and give poorer nations longer to replace their income from fossil fuel production. So they're going to phase this out. First, transfer of wealth. We have to prop up the economies uh, in the rest of the world because they can't get off of fossil fuels because they're not industrialized enough. We have to get off industrial zero, zero oil and gas production by 2034. Zero. Not possible. Not possible. So we're going to be paying for somebody else because we're a rich com- uh, country, but we have to stop all oil and gas. The good news is if this is actually the idea that seems to be fairly close to the Great Reset, if this is what we're shooting for, the good news is we'll be one of those poor com- countries. So we'll be able to make oil and gas because there's not going to be two dimes to rub together in this economy. All right. Gold line. I want to talk to you a little bit about gold line. They've got a couple of things going on. First of all, they're launching the first item of the new series of the one ounce silver Benjamin Franklin uh, commemorative round. Uh, there's a reason I have to call it a commemorative round. It's great because it's uh, it looks like a coin, but it is definitely not used for currency. It's a, it's a Ben Franklin on the front. It is uh, on the back, the original seal that he suggested for the United States with the Pharaoh and the Egyptians chasing uh, the Hebrews into the Red Sea. It is a fantastic coin. You have one right in front of you. Yeah, really cool. They are they are really cool. Uh, limited edition. Um, they're great collector's items, but they are also 100% silver, and they're coming out now uh, with gold and copper versions that are available. Um, I designed these coin, these silver rounds, uh, and uh, I think you'll. I just think you'll love them. Anyway, collector's items, huh? I'm a big collector, Glenn. Are you? I like collecting coins like this th- right. because I want a collection of them. Right. And I, and you might meet other collectors sometimes, and they might have something, you know, uh, in their collection that you mm-hmm. would go like, "Hey, I'll trade you one of these for one of yours." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's great collections to have. Uh, also, Goldline will have the gold and silver. I'm sorry, the gold and copper versions available. Uh, it's a great way to build a hedge against insanity. Qualifying orders are going to also receive a signed copy of my most recent book, The Great Reset. Also, extremely limited, a collector's item. Find out how you can acquire this and uh, and the book. All you have to do is call eight six six Goldline eight six six Goldline. Or goldline.com. The Glenn Back Program.
Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Hey, you want a big carbon footprint at a very low price? Go to the Museum of the American GI this weekend. Uh, this is in uh, College Station, Texas. They do this once a year, and they have tank battles. They have you can fire uh, a howitzer. I think it's a howitzer. One of the big guns. You can fire them. Uh, you can climb inside these World War II tanks that are uh, and Vietnam tanks, German tanks. It's crazy, and it's like five or six bucks a head for adults and cheaper for children. It is really, really cool. And uh, these people, they're all volunteers, and they know everything about, uh, you know, these machines and also the war. It's fantastic. Bring your kids to it. AmericanGIMuseum.org. You can find out more about it. It starts, I think, today and goes through the weekend. Uh, all right. Boy, it's been fun. You bet. Hmm. Now... Now I get to go do a TV show for five o'clock today. Yeah, where my staff <laughs> has been trying to get me to do TikTok, and I'm like, I'm not doing TikTok, and they're like, You're gonna love TikTok, and I'm like, I'm not even looking at TikTok. And so now they've put together all these TikTok videos. They won't show me in advance, and they're like, Glenn, <laughs> you've got to comment on this. This is, it's the collection of the dumbest people ever, oh. ever on the face of the earth are all on TikTok, and I'm like. So you want me to join in? Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. That's five o'clock today. Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program.